0: Okay, hello, 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 hello. What's up, everyone? Levaita News here. It's uh, February first already. Crazy here in Israel. Yet uh, I imagine that uh, some of you are uh, all around the world, and for those of the states, uh, probably good morning uh, still. And we're very excited to be on uh, today with one of the projects that you guys might have been. already seen on Twitter. I think it's kind of hard not to put this one on uh, Twitter, to be honest, uh, or X, however you uh, want to call it. And I'm obviously referring to, well, not obviously, but I'm referring to Isekai. Is that how I say it, uh, Nach, by the way? You got it. Yeah,
1: yeah. You got it exactly,
0: Isekai. It's, uh, so, it's a genre of anime. Yeah, I'm just going to ask about that. That's so uh, cool. So Isekai, and we have the lovely Nach from Isakai, we were right? well we you guys probably know him all, also from uh, jones and I, i'm not even sure you, you you're just on jones and uh, now nah. it seems like you're a busy man
1: <laughs> it's uh i i wear a lot of hats um jones and is a guy that's uh the, the my boys.
0: I mean, you you, yeah. you wear a lot of jones's hat
1: Yeah, it is a different project. There are some overlaps, but uh, it is a different project with different folks under the hood. And, uh, you know, there's no official relation or anything like that, you know, uh, but it had to be. Right. It's too different. It's too different of a project for it to have ever made sense under the Jones banner. It's it's um, it's just way too different. But we'll talk about it,
0: man. That's cool. So first of all, uh, let me ask this okay what does this guy even mean you said that it's a genre in uh anime yes yeah,
1: so, all right so first of all I'll show my age a bit so I had no idea this was a genre of anime um
0: actually I naturally I
1: I you know apparently people have been making these for a while but then it became like a genre in the early yachts so early 2000s or so is when it became popularized but I guess it's stuff like Inuyasha, Tenchi Muyo, like uh, Escaflaune, like these type of things. And then I guess there's some new ones as well, but uh, everybody everybody in the, you know, when we were ideating on a name, everybody was like, oh yeah, this is cool. They're like, oh, what's your, like, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, this genre, it stands for, it means another world. I guess that's a direct translation, but the meme of it is like, uh, you know, there'll be somebody and they get hit by a truck or something, and then they get transported to another world and they're suddenly a hero. So they're like a regular person and then they become this hero and they're surrounded by these like, uh, it's like castles and dragons and waifus. And it's like a medieval style time. I don't know, but it's uh, I'm like, oh, okay, I know this stuff. And I was like, <laughs> I was like okay, Escaflane. The and they're like, you're old. I'm like, yeah, I guess I'm old. Uh so so yeah but it's um it's funny too because I remember you know cuz the concept i mean the concept is is it's kind of like a serious concept like i remember looking at it, i was worried that people would think we're game five i'm like no no, no we're not game five like we're not i mean i'm like it depends do you like game five but uh no we're not we're not game five um I remember when we showed this really early on to some folks and we showed them some of the characters and stuff like that. They were like, Are you sure this isn't is this like an NFT problem? I'm like, no, dude. <laughs> like, no, it's not. I swear it's not. Um But um, honestly, it's it's funny because like a lot goes into a name. Um, I was a little worried about it, everybody told me just relax and it worked out really well. So I mean, I am not a marketing guy at all. So uh I just threw my hands in the air and said, you know what? People are smarter than me. That's it. I trust. It. We move <laughs> on. <laughs> I'll control my controllables.
0: Well, you know, it's actually a cool name. Like, I'm I'm pretty sure that uh, most people, even uh, on uh, crypto Twitter, they don't know what it is. Uh, like, uh, I mean, like the the meaning of Isekai and uh, the genre itself. But hey, real that, quick, are we, uh, it's a are really we live cool on Twitter name. right now? Are we live on X? Because
1: people in our chat are asking. Uh, I don't know.
0: Because I think that with all the technicalities, it's just streaming through the YouTube, uh, probably. Because he's, uh, he's saying that
1: the YouTube link is off. Uh, he said the link is a discussion about swap. So wonder if it's, uh, I wonder where it's going, Mike. Uh, let's, let's, let's go check. Let's go check.
0: Just oh, a Ryan. second.
1: no oh, yeah i don't see it i don't see it live on the x and i don't see the twitter or the youtube doing it either wait a minute
0: you want to maybe uh want us to maybe start again
1: no yeah sure 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 yeah the youtube is uh ah okay, there good. it is Yep, yeah, we're live all right here we are oh, we did it yeah we're good
0: Okay, let's try to roll with it, hope for the best.
1: <laughs> let's and, roll with it, man. And,
0: and if not, I'm just uh, having you on here uh, for, uh, in the next hour as well to do it properly uh, <laughs> that time. But I uh, hope we can uh, pull something off of this one. I think the headline is wrong, though. But we can uh, probably uh, fix it uh, a bit later after that.
1: And then I think on the uh, let me check the Twitter. Let's just check it's because Twitter I tell you what the...
0: it's because we we're using like the link that's uh, like the usual link instead of a specified link. So it probably doesn't stream uh, directly to uh, Twitter like we uh, usually do lately. Mm-hmm. But really, again, it's because uh, I'm not technical enough to make it uh, work probably on the first go. <laughs> hopefully' we're, hopefully we are lucky next uh, next time. We'll figure it out for sure. okay, so let's get back a bit to uh, isekai itself in because I think you know first of all, the name is honestly very catchy and I think it's very like uh, different than uh, uh, you know x finance, y, finance, b, finance you know what I mean
1: i Usually... it, it's tough to see if it's a good or a bad thing because there's there's so many um, I don't know, there's so many like there's so many people that either say it wrong or they like don't know what it is. But I think then the other half of it is really interesting because it's like, if you, uh, if you don't know what it is and you've never heard that term before you might Google it. And so that's, you know, that's pretty good too. So I think that it's gotta be different enough that people it's catchy and comes on, but then for some people it's like, Oh, what is that? And they look into it. So,
0: it's, ve- it's yeah. very it's mem- very memorable. It's not generic like some of the names. You know what I mean when no. I'm saying like X finance, uh, Y finance, uh, Z finance. Uh, it's uh, it's usually because uh, it's hard to keep up when like uh, you have when you know like 50 projects that are called something finance uh mm-hmm. at some point it's gonna bore you a bit you know just on the name aspect i mean uh, i'm not talking about the pro- the project themselves and i really think that uh, by the way i think that with you guys it wasn't the first time because i remember when i first heard of jonesdow man, I, I that was one of the funniest name i think ever created uh in uh in the industry by the way <laughs> one of the best like uh plays on uh on uh on a phrase you know what i mean it was all ice cream that was his idea man this, uh, this is such a good name i uh, i really enjoyed it and i, I really think that you know it, it's like I, i'm really uh, fascinated by uh, culture in crypto and community uh, communities in crypto and i think with yeah, you guys i'm, I'm scared uh, by it <laughs> you guys we have like but such a specific vibe you know what i mean this is your vibe uh, within your uh, ecosystem i think you feel it on the dopex ecosystem as well that you guys have uh, come out from uh, at least if i understand correctly and you see it on uh, jones as well and i'm definitely getting the same vibe now when i'm looking at uh, isekai it's like uh, it's like the back of the bus you know, uh, you know, what I mean. Was like uh, where there are uh, like uh, I don't know school trips or whatever, and there are those kids who sitting in the back of the bus, like making uh, most of the fun and all of the laughs. And th- with you guys, I w- I always feel like uh, it's the back of the bus.
1: I think it's uh, it's strange because like with Jones, what we do is is pretty serious. Um, it's pretty. Yeah, complex the, stuff. The, the work itself. Over, over there,
0: the work itself, but I mean the the vibe that's coming out out of it, or the way someone feels if he's uh, like for even just a few minutes on the on the Discord, you know what I yeah. mean? It's little, I mean it's same from... with
1: guy right? It's the same deal with guy right? Like where it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like exactly. a, it's a pretty it. complex protocol. There's a lot of parameters to it. It's got a huge code base. Um, like the audits are very expensive, and uh, but it's like. And you look at the, the Twitter and you look at the, the Discord and it's like it's all it's all memes and waifus and stuff. So it's like, yeah, so you, know, it's, they, you know, I, they, I think they, I think people want to enjoy it, right? Like, like you have to make this yeah, stuff yeah. kind of fun. You know, I think there's some things that should be very, like, okay. I was having this conversation the other day with somebody. I think lending protocols should be very serious. And <laughs> the only reason I feel that way is because they just constantly get hacked and they're constantly scrutinized. And there's always yeah. like, you know, danger and, and things like that. So I think, I think lending protocols should be like deadly serious. They shouldn't have memes or anything. It should be very, it should give you a sense of comfort, if that makes sense. Um, <laughs> NFTs, I feel like NFTs should feel like, like a club, right? I feel like that's like, it should feel like an identity, like a club. I think the lady probably does this the best. It does. Um, but then for a while people did it with punks and they did it with apes, right? Where they had this kind of exclusivity and air about them. Right. And milady is kind of like the opposite, it's like the counterculture of those. It's like, no, we're like, we're the, we're literally the opposite of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think it's interesting because then you look at Dexes and I think that with Dexes, Dexes, I feel like there's no template. I feel like Dex is kind of like a wide open space. Um, But it's funny too because like i'm not trying to i'm not trying to like beat up anybody but like when you take a look at perps and you take a look at derivatives and stuff in DeFi, i feel like they all look the same um they all have like the same color schemes it's all like the same styles of ui stuff like that and uh um you know i I guess it's for a reason i don't know i think people crave comfortability and familiarity i think the problem though is that Whenever people build stuff in DeFi, it just feels like they're always trying to copy something or there's way too much inspiration taken. And I think that it's like, we're so early in this space. Why not try something different? If it doesn't work, that's okay. Like you can you can pivot, you can do new things. Um, and I guess that was kind of the reason why Isekai was even born in the first place is just our unhappiness with some of the current ways of doing things. And I, I think I said this before, but I feel like a lot of the low-hanging fruit um, in just all of these protocols are starting to disappear. I mean, obviously right now it's all about airdrops and points and stuff like that. But these things, are they come in cycles. And I think that w- when you do get a DeFi renaissance, there'll always be things that kickstart flywheels again. But I think the things are going to start to get more and more complex. And uh, I think the learning curve is going to continue to go up and people are going to have to really keep up and uh, I was talking to Factor about this the other day, or yesterday actually. Uh, the guys over at Factor—I don't know if you've met Kuropika from Factor. He's uh, he's over in your neck of the woods actually, but um, great guy. And we, we were just talking about about DeFi infrastructure, and uh, I was like, you know, if you told me five years ago, I'd be using like a Telegram sniper bot <laughs> <laughs> like, to, to 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 snipe these like low market cap, you know, deals or something that. that have people that are sharing wallets with Like, this is crazy, you know? And it's just going to keep growing like this. And I'm I'm just, I'm waiting for somebody to really figure out how to put UI in this, or AI in this space. And it feels like a bit of a meme now, but I don't think it will be for long.
0: And also, you know, all the growth that we're seeing uh, now, like, actually, this is the growth uh, before the normies come like uh, even this stuff that's more like uh, at least in in our minds i think uh, a bit more normie oriented i i don't think it's basically very much normie oriented at all you know so i think that we're just seeing like the tiny tiny beginning we're not even seeing what's uh actually uh coming and i think yeah. that uh i don't know i'm fascinated uh, by it and i think that uh I, I i think it's going to make the previous uh bull market to seem like uh, a chilled one uh, well in a way i mean with the
1: with the velocity of money and governments printing their way out of recessions and yeah and economic with uh, problems it's it, it it you know the problem is these things it's like
0: um
1: it's like a tide pool uh, not a tide pool it's like a It's like like when a tsunami forms, right? Like there's this massive shock and then there's a small wave and then a larger wave and then a larger wave and eventually you get this massive wave and then there's a wipeout and, um, you know, everybody's kind of asking, it it feels like they constantly ask this question about uh, when will everything just kind of collapse because of this wave of debt and um, people smarter than me I believe have kind of opined that it will go until it can and the only Sounds way the well it's 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 going to keep happening they're going to keep printing and the you know the way the peaks and troughs will get higher and deeper um until either a better system comes along or there's some sort of uh extraneous event that causes a shock and so that's that's how these things go and i think that um you know, you've, you've seen it in history and I think you'll see it again. Um, there's actually a great um, YouTube series. I mean, it is a book, but it's a YouTube series done by Ray Dalio, Bridgewater. Uh, fame. Um, and he goes over kind of like the, uh, all the rises and falls of all these civilizations and uh, currency standards over time. And it's really quite interesting to see the parallels, but also to see that, wow. I mean, it's a kind of a, joke but like history rhymes but it doesn't repeat and but it's true he he literally goes example by example for thousands of years and it's a fascinating uh, youtube video he updates it every now and then uh, to kind of talk about more stuff and go deeper but um really interesting so yeah i know we're all here to talk about history today
0: (laughs) <laughs> honestly, uh, w- with me we can uh, definitely uh, diverge. I like talking about this kind of stuff, and I'm uh, honestly fascinated, uh, really, by all this. But you're right. Let's uh, let's first of all focus uh, on Isaka itself. So to-, to make it a bit yeah to, to make it a bit clear. Uh, and honestly, I-, I want you to try and answer it for like uh, in the simplest uh, way possible. And what I actually mean here is that uh, like if someone that really doesn't know what it it's about in, in any shape or form and he just seen like uh, yeah. let's say he's just seen boobs all over his timeline okay yeah he's all of a sudden this this is an innocent guy or an innocent girl just living their life they're trying to be a uh, young uh, crypto investors and all of a sudden you guys come in on their timelines and it's anima boobs full on from zero to uh, 100 or from zero to 60. Maybe you guys uh, call it in the US. And like, OK, what, I I know that when I started seeing it, it was like, OK, what is going on? What is going on? Uh, is this a thing real and honestly it was uh, quickly much much more obvious when i saw that it's you guys that's, uh, that are involved with uh, like with your uh, mimetic uh, culture let's uh, let's call it so what is it actually what is this guy what's the vision here what's the product what are you guys even here to do yeah so i think i've i've explained
1: this in very boring ways before I'll try and explain it. I think in a more in a more fanciful way this time, just because I, I think sometimes if you explain things the same way over and over again, you know, you might never reach different people. So I'm gonna take a shot at doing this differently, and I haven't really thought this through. So it. bear ahead. with me here. But you know, back in back in 2017, right? You you had this you had this question of really like, because if you really think about it, DeFi hasn't really gone through a proper full recovery cycle ever, right? Like it happened, there was a trough, right? We saw that, but we're not actually out of that trough. So like we don't actually know what happens on the other side of this thing. But what we do know is that there have been things like Aave that changed DeFi a lot. And there are things like Curve that changed how DeFi protocols work a lot and added this layer of complexity, but also kind of created these cultures and marketplaces around them. Right. I mean, every Friday you talk about Curve, um, you know, I, I think the, the we've seen people like we see people in DeFi constantly try and do the same thing. That once it's successful, they do. They seem to do the same thing over and over again, um, and it—if to an extent, it makes sense, right? Like, if something isn't broken, why, why try and fix it?
0: Yeah, the easiest um, way is to let things keep things as they are.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, before Solidly came along, um, I, I think that no one really cared to play with the Dex marketplace, and then. Solidly came along, and uh, they kind of shook things up a bit. And it has pluses and minuses. Same thing with Olympus, right? Like Olympus came along, Zeus had this idea. You had these copycats that did other things. Um, It it just it never, you know. Camelot came along. Obviously, we're building on them um, with with this project, but they came along and they kind of took some of the best ideas that were already out there. And then they made something a bit different, and I think that the secret of Camelot is really understanding. Like, there's really two factors here. The first is the the BD that's done, and then also the uh, the tokenomics, because the tokenomics are, are really the great unlock here. And you're going to start seeing, just like you saw, solidly forks everywhere, and some were successful, some you know spun out. Uh, you'll, you're going to start seeing a lot of Camelot forks out there, I think, because I think that what we're seeing on Arbitrum is, is something that we, we really haven't seen probably since Sushi came around, where you just have a pro- Well, actually, I, say, I take that back. Probably since Velodrome, right? Because the, it's probably the closest comparable, even though they're totally different systems, which is that you know Velodrome came to optimism and completely dominated the space. Um, you could point to different factors why. Uh, but it doesn't matter what those factors were. The fact is that they dominated the space and we're seeing something that is probably much like I would put a multiplier on the domination for Arbitrum because with optimism, you just, you didn't have a protocol, uh, excuse me, a, a, a chain that had all of these, uh, kind of six, like they were already successful before the token, right? Um, Arbitrum has that and now there's a token, but people are still coming here. Like if you take a look, like I, I was looking, on um, a uh, website the other day and it talked about just how much is being raised per chain, how many new projects are starting up per chain and Arbitrum is like, <laughs> Arbitrum is doing very, very well. Uh, it, it gets a lot of slack, but it, you know, it's, it's doing very, very well. And, um, I think that when we think about some of the obvious things that you could do when you have a Dex is like, all right, well, let's, wh- why not, why doesn't Convex come to Arbitrum in a big way and do broad markets and all that stuff? Like, they're just not here. They made a decision, what, like six months ago, maybe longer. It feels like it might've been longer. The time is, <laughs> time feels like it's on a continuum lately, but, uh, they decided that we're just going to basically allow for lp pools to be here but we're really not interested in spinning up our own bribe market here and you know aura is not really here either for balancer and there there just isn't a proper i would say bribe market on arbitrum until camelot is about to launch theirs this month so then it's like all right well who holds the keys to that bribe market and I think the answer to that, which is really interesting, is it's it's all of the protocols that moved over liquidity and believed in Camelot early on or folks that have been farming. So I want you to use your imagination and think about what it would be like if knowing what you know now, if you have conviction in this, like we do, that you would have the opportunity to get in on convex day one. Would you do it? Well, I think a lot of people would. Um, but we think that, and this is just my opinion, but I think one of the things that was great, and I'll, I'll steal this from small cap and DCF on the market capping when I was listening to them a couple of weeks ago. Um, one of the things that they shouted out Prisma about was that it would gave Convex a way to restart their flywheel a bit. Because it seemed like things might have been getting a little long in the tooth. I'm adding that. Because it it did, right? I mean, you're getting, you're starting to get, you know, CVX CRV stuff, you're starting to get to the top of the convex curve. And you need things uh, will come and just restart the flywheel, keep things fresh. But when we took a look at the models that were out there, we felt like they had problems. And there's there's two ways really that are popular when it comes to these type of liquid wrapper models that are out there. One of them is linear wrappers. And the other one is convex style wrappers. We know how convex works. If you're not familiar with it, you're minting on a convex curve. You want to be on the bottom left of the curve because the more tokens the system takes in, uh, the less of the uh, token that you're going to get on the other side of it. And so just the usage of the system and the growth of the system is, is how you get power. You don't actually have to earn yield on it. Let's say just for it to actually grow in in power. Um, but yeah, I, I think um, really the the big thing here is, and I think I think we're gonna we're gonna have to probably do this in two parts, just because um, unfortunately I I'm realizing that I do have something at the top of the hour that I have to go to, but. Um, I do think what's interesting about it is that imagine then that you create something that's totally different. Like we've tried linear, linear being guys like Magpie, um, you know, there's Plutus out there. The way that these systems work is that you you mint linearly, right? So like your token will always be able to mint one of one with another token that they have. Okay. So like you exchange like one grail, for one camp pie, let's say. I don't know how their system's going to work. I'm just, we're just talking. Uh, the problem with that though, is that in every market in the world, liquidity is 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 traded at a premium, right? The liquidity is not free. No one should think liquidity is free. So when you think about a liquid wrapper and you think about how liquid wrappers work, um, it makes sense that those tokens tend to trade at or below peg. And, tend to usually trade below pegs. And what's happened and the reason why is because you could just come in and mint it if it ever gets above peg and it's a free arbitrage. So they tend to trade at or below peg. And a lot of that has to do with how they can defend their peg. But think about the amount of resources and and attention that peg maintenance gets. Like, I just want to, I just want to put this out there. Like, like, a protocol is seen as good or bad as to whether or not it holds peg or not if you're in a wrapper which i think common common knowledge about these things like usually that kind of tracks but if i have vecrv and i lock it up for four years and i get this cvx why do i care about peg like you're never seeing those tokens again you've been given something completely different it has liquidity and you still get yield. So if you're getting liquidity and you're getting yield, like what, what makes you think that because it used to be something else that it should still trade at that price? And that's something that Isakai challenges. And the way that we challenge it is we say, well, what if all the attention and frankly resources that are put into peg maintenance are instead diverted into yield and liquidity? And so that's when we decided we wanted to make something different, and we're calling it a symbolic token.
0: And let uh, just the market uh, decide for itself what it. Well, I think what's,
1: well here, Here's what's interesting. If you abstract away, if you abstract away something like peg, like a, okay, let, let's just let's take these let's take these in different buckets. Let's say you have a protocol that makes a million dollars in fees a day. Okay, and that protocol makes a million dollars in fees a day. And it's trading at a certain market cap, okay, but it has like no liquidity. And then you take another protocol that makes a million dollars a day, has abundance of liquidity, and can give uh, the same yields. Right? When you abstract away those things, like they, they should trade at a different price. What is the liquidity premium worth, people? We don't know. We're going to find out. The market has to decide that. But at the end of the day, when you actually extract those things away from a token and you put them into a box, you actually make it so that the underlying protocol and its market cap and its TVL, you're not chained to it the way that you would be. The success of CVX, CRV, and Curve are intertwined by design. But if we create something that tracks just the yield, like imagine like Pendle, right? Like if you, if you take Pendle and you extract away the yield from something, like what is that token worth? What is the yield worth? How much would you pay for that? And so this is, this is the concept that we're kind of challenging the market with. And and we have a lot of papers and information that's coming out about it, but really what we wanna underline here is that this is not something where we're gonna say, all right, you're gonna take your Grail or take your X Grail because we accept both and you bring it in and you know, you're, it's gonna trade one-to-one. Well, that doesn't even make sense because what is the peg of CVX CRV? Well, it depends. It depends where you are on the convex curve, right? You're gonna mint at one place and then over time through auto compounding or through the usage of the system, you will acquire more power. You will acquire more, like let's say, ve power underneath. Okay, your your, your position size will grow. But with holy, what will happen is if you come in and let's say one X Grail is worth one holy, right? Like just use like example on day one, mint one, everything like just use one to one. Just to well,
0: make it, uh, just to make sure, you mean that holy is actually going to be the name of the rapper that's rapping? Uh, yes.
1: Yes. So let's say that Holy mint one, you know, everything, let's just say they're flat. Okay. Well, the very next one that gets minted right after you, you will have slightly more than them. And this will continue onward in a convex motion. So simply by having it and holding it, you're going to grow in value. But again, that value has to be determined by the market. What is that liquidity worth? What is the dividend? plug-in worth? What is the gauge plug-in worth to all the protocols that have all this x rail that they've taken in? And so what we're doing is we're taking that concept and that's half the project. So that let, let's put that away for a second, okay? Again, I'm trying to do this in a different way because I feel like it's a little bit more conversational. The second part of the project has to do with really why it is that people... Just kept forking Olympus and didn't actually try and solve the underlying problem, which is what happens when the growth of the of the treasury of Olympus started to grow at a slower rate than the inflation of the token. And at that point, either through sell pressure or through slowing of the treasury, once those uh, diverge and intersect and converge and cross, then browning turns off and the protocol can no longer make money. And so that was the fate of Olympus. Now, a lot has happened since we have peas, we have cooler loans, right? They were trading above their value. Now they liquidated everything except Esti from their treasury. But that that was a lot of pain to endure. And we're talking about a protocol that was worth billions. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that rather than fixing the problem, people in DeFi are lazy. They fork it. And they just kept, Taking the same crap over and over again. And so we said, well, why don't we do something different? And so enter a token we're calling XP. And so the way XP works, first of all, one of the biggest problems that you have with any of these rebasing tokens is that what they usually give you is, and granted now Olympus has changed, they don't have emissions anymore, but usually what they give you is governance tokens. And the whole deal with Olympus was, in my mind, it always felt like a tomb fork, but the idea was it's backed so that inflation could be kind of met to a certain degree of backing and it would allow the token to grow. I don't think that Zeus realized, though, that the popularity of the token would make it so that controlling that level of inflation with the price appreciation became impossible. At least on the house. To be honest, way. I also
0: think that uh, w- w- with the whole uh, like Olympics narrative and stuff like and that, fo- that kind of folks, I think that uh, just people still will not uh, didn't realize as, as well as today, and mostly I think because it was in a bull market that. Yeah. Uh, a DeFi protocol is actually a business, and this business has to bring in revenue. And if you don't bring in revenue, then uh at some point this party is gonna be over. You know, that's yeah. that, that's at least the very simplistic way that uh, I'm looking at it. Right. Well that's why it was so
1: that's why it was so um easy to just say, all right, well Olympus is a Ponzi. Right? Because I'm not,
0: I'm not even saying a Ponzi, you know, but like it's I know like, I'm not
1: I'm not putting words in your mouth. I, I'm saying it was it was a very easy comparison for other people to say well look at it it's a ponzi because people aren't bonding in and aren't buying the token it's
0: going down because there was it it wasn't clear like uh what's the actual product and who are the actual clients you know right. <laughs> you know what i mean and uh yeah. and when you don't know who the client is it might be you yeah i mean i think it i think it was like
1: i think it was a very simplistic explanation of what they were doing but i think ultimately at the end of the day the problem was actually in the design And so here's what we're doing. And you can tell me if you think, as someone said, this is Olympus with titties. I think it's a little bit more. Olympus (laughs) with (laughs) titties. That's a good. So we take in tokens. So we bond in. We, We bond in tokens just like they did. But we only want to bond in stuff that has real yield. Okay. So we have some select tokens we're starting with. We'll expand it over time. But we're looking for things that pay out real yield. And I want to tell specifically what I mean about real yield. So imagine convex spits out, you know, bribe emissions through processing and, you know, fees that get passed through from curve over to convex holders, right? Like, and that all gets processed. So this is non-dilutive yield. Okay. So we'll take it, we'll process it, we'll give it an E through USDC or something like that. So think about that when I say, so like a productive asset that is spitting out yield. That's what I want. And it has to be deep liquidity because we have to be able to buy a lot of it. So, you know, think Convex, think Aura, think Radiance DLP, think frack shares. Those are the types of things that we have to look at, but we're starting off at the higher tiers of yield. So right now we're looking at things that are over 40% ETH. So we bond those things in in yield. Yeah. And so you get a token uh, in XP. What do you do with it? You have two choices. You could stake it. If you stake it, It just receives all of the rebasing, it's a rebasing token, receives rebases, you don't get diluted. Okay, so what's happening under the hood is that the base of XP, we call it the base, the base of XP is growing in value um, because of the productive tokens underneath it, let's say. Okay, Uh, so that happens underneath, there's another option then. And the other option is that you can earn your percentage of the underlying real yields in the treasury of, uh, or in the base rather of XP by LP. And so if you LP with XP ETH on Camelot through Izakai, what we do is we give you your percentage of the underlying real yields that are coming out of this thing. But not everybody can be Like you can't be staked and earning the real yields at the same time. You have to choose what you wanna do. Do you believe that this thing will grow over time? Or do you wanna take the yields now? Do you wanna do a combination of both? What do you wanna do? So effectively, if you LP, you accept dilution and you earn the real yields and you're like LPing out of your position basically. Okay, But if you have something like 80% of people staking, and only 20% of people are looking for the exit, you're earning about 200% APRs in ETH. And then if you auto compound it daily, you get the big number that people are crazy about. You end up with like four figures of ETH. But the, because we're doing this in real yield, we're not doing this in governance tokens, there's always a market for real yield. So the question is, what is the number that gets you excited enough to go in and buy it or bond it? Where are there arbitrage opportunities? We've seen whole markets now apparently made out of this thing called Ps, where it's literally based on people. I mean, it's effectively just like LPs competing against each other, right? And this is kind of like a similar concept but with real yields and there's arbitrage opportunities between the two. But the arbitrage could even just be between stakers and LPers. And even if I'm in some position where there's some sort of efficient frontier between staking and LPing, Like 50% stakers, 50% LPing, and I've said this before, we're still getting a multiplier on those best real yields. And we don't care where those yields are. They could be on BarraChain, they could be on OKX, they could be on Blast, they could be on Arbitrum, they could be on Mainnet. We don't care. The goal is to build a, a, a sustainable real yield curve that people can choose to buy into. And then if they decide that they want to own it, they can either own it for the long term, or they can LP it. But the, the thing is, like, we have to outperform if you just had that basket yourself. And that's why that staking versus LPing mechanism is so important, because you're getting a multiplier. And we're doing that without a bribe mechanism.
0: Did you guys uh, take it from, uh, wh- from what uh, Frax is doing with uh, FRXIT and SFRXIT? Or did uh, no. your uh, like inspiration for it came from another place? I think honestly the inspiration
1: came from Soros' reflexivity of markets where yes. if you know if if the price of XP goes down if the pr- if XP is a dollar you're getting 40 cents of yield and then the price of XP goes to 50 cents but you're still getting 40 cents of yield that's a big difference now you're getting much more yield and that that causes mercenary capital to come in and buy it But remember, we're super incentivizing LPers without a bribe layer. So what happens when we put these two concepts of XP and holy together? The answer to that, which maybe we could take it up in a second part of this, is that you take, you know, think about the size of these markets, right? Like Olympus in a bull market was billions. I think Curve hit one2 even right now you have or well, convex and if you think about uh where they are now though, even now they're probably almost a billion dollars combined. Well, what happens when you take you know all of these illiquid tokens or all of these hard to farm tokens or all these tokens across chain and you create a liquidity pool for them where they shouldn't even exist? Like imagine if on curve, you were trading, you had like ARA, uh, like deep ARA liquidity, you had deep shares liquidity, you had deep, like uh I'm just trying to think of of tokens that maybe actually shouldn't be there. Like DLP doesn't trade anywhere. Uh things like I, I don't know, like there's no ohm there. Let's say you have ohm there, right? Deep, deep, deep liquidity that it would exist on curve from chains and stuff like that. It shouldn't even be there. Well, that's gonna exist on Camelot through XP ETHLP. There's going to be liquidity there that previously could not have been there. And what happens when we take potentially hundreds of millions of dollars of stuff, LP it with ETH, stick it in Camelot? What happens to the value of Grail? What happens to the value of Camelot and who is the benefactor then at that point from all of the bribe revenue, all the plugins, all of the fees, everything that starts to hit on the Camelot side, it's holy, but it's also XP. Because with XP, and goes down, suddenly buying Grail off the market makes a lot of sense. And we could just bond in Grail, put it in the system. And now, you know, my dividends are earning 1-200%. I'm beating my hurdle rates. It's It's this flywheel mechanism that we're creating that, again, no one's tried before. It's compatible with other chains. It's compatible with other markets, but we're starting it here for a reason. And um, I think that if you believe that, if you believe that somebody can fix Olympus, and I and I'm saying this with respect because I started off in DeFi there, but if you believe that somebody could fix the problems they had rather than trying to create you know, something that'll somehow fix it that where it's already existing. If you believe that there is a place for a third type of wrapper, like not linear, not convex, but some combination where we get to some new frontier that we haven't tried before. If you believe that those two concepts have a market, even individually, they're quite valuable, but when you put them together, I don't think people realize just how, profitable the model will be and uh, i think that's gonna i think that's going to make people very 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 curious about what's possible with these ideas because they're new ideas and i think that new ideas sometimes can be scary and it's easy to dismiss them but yeah the, you know at the end of the day the the fact of the matter is that uh, olympus was probably a crazy idea too
0: Olympus didn't work though.
1: Well, I guess it depends where you bought the token.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, when I say didn't (laughs) work, I'm not talking about uh, the, you're right. I'm not talking about the, like, for example, for me, at first it worked and then it didn't. But, uh, you know, I'm not really talking from uh, like the individual's uh, investor's perspective. I'm talking more uh, from the aspect of uh, the sustainability of the protocol itself uh, in the long run. Because, like, I'll put it this way
1: this is my personal opinion and and it's controversial but i'll say it anyway like capitalism is a cycle capitalism is a cycle so first of all capitalism is the best system we've found not because it's better than communism but because it just has a longer half-life and it tends to be less bloody that's it that's literally yeah, the difference between the better two.
0: Than, uh, well, we because, can get into that argument at some point well, uh, for sure, well, but I think it's just more sustainable it, it, than communism, you know? Well, in late, well here's <laughs> the thing, what, let me ask you this question,
1: okay? At what point do the voters being able, figuring out that they could just vote to give themselves free stuff, do things then not go eventually that route of people? So th- the thing is that capitalism will work for a while, Eventually, people will catch on. There'll be some sort of shock to the system. Um, and then things reset. And either we start, we, we we literally, quote unquote, restart the flywheel. Right?
0: I don't really it, think it, it, that uh, I see it like you on that uh, front. Because I think that uh, capitalism is about uh, the freedom to create services and getting uh, rewarded uh, for them. I don't think it's just sure. about... Uh, you don't uh, the, the opportunity is there but the opportunity you can only really fulfill this opportunity if you actually deliver on an actual product and you can see that those who actually like uh, made it as they say you know they, they've actually made it uh, not because of uh, like the the real way to make it is to solve a huge problem for many sure. many and, and when you do and you provide such kind of a service mm-hmm. um, um I don't know. I think that's what's uh, capitalism to me mostly.
1: Sure. I I don't disagree. It's just that let's say that your home base of that company is in the United States and you are based out of California and then taxes eventually grow to the point where you're unable to pay your labor force properly.
0: It seems like Uh, a communist state from where I'm sitting, but uh, I'm far away. (laughs) Right.
1: But that's, I mean, you could see it in Europe as well. It's, It's the same concepts. It's the reason why Asia is doing what it's doing and and also the uh you know the really just the entire global east is is going through a transformation and it's because these systems have become too bloated over time and if you look back in history it's the exact same thing and so i think that you know again not not to get too far afield here but but to I be honest, I don't think
0: that what I don't think that what's happening in California or in Europe is about uh, capitalism uh, like uh, failing. I think, uh, on the contrary, I think it's about uh, capitalism not being allowed to be what it is. I, I'll it's, I'll it's,
1: I'll, it, I'll still ban your it, argument. It, I'll st- I'll still ban your argument. It's that capitalism is being restrained by forces that are trying to uh, change outcomes for people in a way yeah, that they the, perceive uh, to be more it's positive it's capitalism
0: for that. Uh, restrained by communism so it can you can't really enjoy the benefits of capitalism when you, uh, right. you know, when you try to like control it because that's the whole point capitalism is uh, in a way in my opinion and that's why the way and that's why i think by the way that it's the it's the way that works for now it's the most similar situation to the natural state like where, where we are competing, whether we want it or not, we're competing. Like, I don't necessarily want to compete, but reality is that we're competing. We're competing for everything uh, sure. we can be friends in the way, but, uh, you know, that's just right. how it actually, it, it actually is. And those that can't compete, they do other things.
1: And right? I think that what we, what we see is that, you know, bringing it back to some of these systems, I think that, you know. A lot of these systems they work for a while and then they stop working but maybe i guess what i'm getting at here is that maybe these things just have a half-life that is longer or shorter than we think they should be and we think that there should be something else you know i guess my my analogy here to olympus is that olympus worked for a while until it didn't you know like tomb forks work until there's cell pressure and then you better get out of the way but our protocol works like an inverse tomb fork because of reflexivity whereas if price goes down the yield which is actually differentiated from the tokens themselves like the holy token or the xp token the yield is different so if you're getting yield that is non-dilutive to the protocol and there's still inflation at some point there is equilibrium And the equilibrium comes in the force of people throwing their hands in the air and saying, all right, it's cheap enough, I'll buy it.
0: And when you're dealing
1: with real yields, there's always a market. And and I I just think that what we're building is going to have a longer half-life than all of these systems that we've seen.
0: It's going to be very interesting. uh, It's not perfect. uh, No, no. People will find flaws.
1: But I I just think that from a theory standpoint, this should last a lot longer.
0: Going to be interesting, going to be interesting. Uh, and uh, honestly, I got a lot more to learn to like, you know, the design uh, so much uh, more in, in depth than uh, I do. And I do think that, you know, if if you guys are able to actually, uh, and it doesn't mean, not necessarily you, I think anyone that can actually uh, create uh, revenue in any way, okay, uh, and then distribute that revenue, in, uh in non-dilutive ways like you said okay when it's not the actual okay you just giving away your own uh, like uh, diluting your own uh, token then uh, people will be interested uh, naturally because uh, like pe- people play these uh, money games to make money like they don't do it for uh, they, they they also do it for fun but it's mostly fun when uh, you make money I think uh, <laughs> And, yeah. uh, and honestly, it's it's going to be very curious uh, for me uh, to see just how much and 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 you know what, even more uh, than that, for how long, you guys can uh, create a situation that uh, you guys will actually bring uh, value to your investor. Because I do agree, you know, so,
1: if uh, I thought that I actually, uh, you guys I are... actually want to answer that, I, I think I have an answer for you. It's yeah. not time based, though. It's it's actually um, it's an interesting answer. But I think it's actually a good place to pause. Um, The answer is that if we get so big at scale that we cause compression in protocols in the yield of protocols like Convex, then the game is already over. Because we've bought too much of
0: everything. Interesting. honestly, interesting. Man, I, I really hope we continue on this one. I feel like we have
1: to. I feel like we got to pick this up. Maybe, maybe maybe later today or something or tomorrow. But we got we got to finish up this conversation because I think it's it's an interesting conversation to have because the, the 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 possibilities of XP if people think that this system has value is really well how much stuff can we buy before it it is. How much stuff can we buy before somebody else has to restart everything? Because we'll always have a multiplier on the best real yields in DeFi. If you have ninety percent of people LPing and ten percent of people staking, there's still a multiplier. It's a, it's a small one, but it's still a multiplier. So it's like, would you rather buy the underlying or would you rather just take the LP? It's it's really something, and it's, people are going to try and fork this. And God bless them if they can get the math right, because you. Need to know what you're
0: doing if you're gonna fork this. God. Yeah, yeah. I'm not even talking about. I'm talking about uh, like what you guys uh, have uh, have in mind there, and it's gonna be honestly very curious to see. Because I agree, you know, if you at the end of the day, if it's gonna make people uh, money, then that's the service that uh, on their mind they're gonna be getting. Like if they can actually in uh, if they can maximize uh, their yields. And they're like uh, revenue because of you guys. <laughs> then you guys are going to succeed. But uh, and it's all about like uh, how will it actually play out? I yeah. really think uh, it's going to be interesting. And I'm not even uh, I'm not even that curious about the folks to be honest. I'm much more curious about uh, what's going to happen specifically with you guys with this uh, specific concept because it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see whether you're onto something here for real. <laughs> and the game is uh, really about to change. Or there's something that we're not considering. Because, for example, uh, some of the stuff that I wanted to uh, keep asking you about is about, uh, like, you know, w- what are, like, uh, some of the risks within it? Uh, like, uh, what could go wrong? Let's, uh, uh, let's call it this way. But we can uh, find the time to talk about it uh, maybe on the Send It podcast, uh, by the way, uh, pretty soon. Oh, yeah. Maybe Hell in yeah. a few days. We, we'll do it. To do it. And by the way, man, uh, again, really apologize for the delay today and all the technical uh, stuff. Uh,
1: Every on- time I get to talk to you, it's a pleasure. So you never too, apologize. Man.
0: You too, man. Really enjoyed it. And uh, by the way, for those, if there's someone somehow that didn't see uh, your account already and needs to find it, like where can they follow you? What should they do to uh, like uh, get involved in any way to find out more? Who should they approach? If someone has an idea and integration in mind, I don't know what, like what should they do?
1: Uh, yeah, definitely just uh, follow us on Twitter, uh, follow us on Twitter on the uh discord uh come on in we've got great stickers <laughs>
0: <Little>. <laughs> we have great meetings uh, I, I don't know if uh, most
1: people can handle it but uh there's a lot of stickers well, going on you're gonna you're gonna have fun i'll put it to you that way and they'll you know I'm really excited to be. I think I, this is really the first place I've had a chance to kind of like explore XP with somebody, just because it's a longer form. So I, I think it'll be a lot of fun to kind of finish the conversation too. Man, I need like, like two or three hours. So. To start with you, you need a you need a whiskey also. So uh, we
0: can <laughs> arrange something. We're, we'll we arrange something, you. my
1: friend. We'll arrange something. We'll do a fireside one. I gotta hop, <sighs> but it was great chatting with you guys, and uh, you too, always man. a pleasure. And I'll talk to you man. Soon.
0: Thanks You're a lot, a everyone. Wish you guys a lot of luck. Uh, this was Nach. Uh, hope to talk to you again, uh, brother. Uh, okay, guys, Leviathan News. Thanks a lot for tuning. Yes. Uh, Apologize again, everyone, for uh, like the technicals uh, today. It's not exactly how we planned to uh, do it, but that's how it uh, turned out. Um, feel free to, of course, follow us on uh, Telegram uh, X, formerly known as Twitter, of course. Mm. YouTube, wherever you feel. Share any kind of feedback you guys uh, have or want. And of course, uh, check out the description. Look at some of our uh, ref links over there. We're definitely uh, looking for ways to monetize uh, after doing this for almost a year now. Really enjoying it, by the way. Yet also thinking about the future and how we can also uh, monetize it as well. And I think that one of the best ways for us currently is to try and explore some of the interesting uh, dApps that we talk to either way and offer uh, links. Definitely something we're starting to explore here at Leviathan. So you can find quite a few and you'll be able to hopefully find quite a few more in the near future in the description. Thanks, everyone. Really appreciate your time. Enjoyed uh, this one with Nah. Looking forward to talk to him again because actually I've got a lot of questions that I didn't have time to uh, keep asking and asking and asking. And have a great uh, day, evening, wherever you are. January, uh, February 1st, as we said before. And have a great day, folks. Goodbye.